0: Good evening, thankful again for another opportunity always to worship God, to to be able to preach God's word. Welcome you all back this evening, we know some that were out of town this morning that made it back, we're glad you made it back safely. This evening we're going to be studying from the book of Mark, in Mark chapter 8, verses 34 and 35. Now here it says, and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, Jesus began calling men to become his disciples. He started with uh, you know people like uh, Simon and Andrew, Simon Peter and Andrew, Mark chapter 1, verse 16. It says there, now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee... He saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said to them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And then also uh, James and John in the next two verses. It says, And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on to the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. Wait a minute. (laughs) Verse 19, I jumped ahead. Uh, And when he had gone a little further thence, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, uh, who were also in the ship mending their nets, and straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants, and went after him. And so Jesus, he came and he called men to be his disciples at the beginning of his ministry. And at the conclusion of his ministry, Jesus sent his apostles to make more disciples, Notice that Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, he said, There go ye therefore and teach all nations, the the word literally is make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And he sent them to, to, uh, uh, to, to make disciples and to teach the disciples, verse 20 teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. And so uh, in the the text here for our lesson, we find Jesus discussing the issue of discipleship. You know, he had just predicted his his own death. Notice that there in verse 31. And he began to teach that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And so he predicted his death uh, and his resurrection, telling his disciples uh, and others what the cost of discipleship would be. Again in verse 34, he said, It's going to be, uh, I'm going to be taken, I am going to be put to death, in verse 31. And so he says unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross And follow me. And So a a disciple is a learner. A disciple is a follower. To be a disciple of Jesus means that we follow Jesus. But as Jesus mentions in our text, such discipleship does require a cost. And so to be a true disciple of Jesus, again, we must deny self. Uh, Again, he says, uh, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. Now, what does it mean to deny self, to deny sinful self, to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts, uh, Titus chapter 2 verse 11 or to, or, and 12, uh, we're to deny sinful lusts, we're to deny ungodliness, worldly lusts, and part with them and his former sinful companions, which were a part of himself. Uh, and so we are to, to get away from those things, we're to, to set those things aside, turn away and deny those things. To deny uh, the unrighteous self and to renounce all his works of, of unrighteousness in the business of ju- Anyway, so we're to, to set aside all of these things. To deny self with self-righteous pride and sinful lust from, uh, to keep it from dominating you. So it means that we set aside everything that is maybe our worldly desires, our worldly lusts. Uh, for uh, Christ, for His sake, doesn't mean that you know everything, but everything that comes between us and our relationship with God. And so, what does it mean? How is it manifested when we deny self? You know, denying self is expounded by Peter. Uh, notice in 1 Peter chapter two, verses eleven and twelve. There, uh, Peter uh, has this to say. He says, "Dearly beloved, I beseech you." As strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. And so we're to abstain from fleshly lusts. We're no longer to live like the rest of the world. Again, in First Peter chapter 4, Beginning there in verse 1, he says, For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. And so we're not to live like the rest of the world. You know, uh, Peter says that if you live this way, they're going to look at you, the world is going to look at you like there's something strange about you. Because you are different. You don't live like they live. And then uh, we need to deny self-righteousness. You know, we see that in Paul. Paul had a lot that he could boast about. He could have had he been a boasting person. Uh, Notice over in Philippians chapter 3. He said there, though beginning in verse 4. He says, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. If any other man thinketh that he hath, whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. He said, If I did trust in the flesh, I have more to trust in, in the flesh, more to boast at, about in the flesh than most people. He says, Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching righteousness which is in the law of Pharisee, blameless and so there was a lot he could boast about there's a lot that Paul could have been self-righteous about but Paul chose instead to put all of his trust in Christ notice as we continue there in Philippians 3 beginning in verse 7 he says but what things were gained to me those I counted but loss yea doubtless and I count all things but loss If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. But I follow after, that if I may apprehend that for which also I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before I pressed toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. All of the things, all the worldly accomplishments, all the worldly things that Paul could have boasted about, he said, uh, they're lost for, the kid, for Christ. They're dung, they're trash, it's, it's garbage I threw away. And, and I press towards Mark, I don't even look back at those things. I don't even miss those things. All because he wants to attain the righteousness, not of self, but the righteousness that is in Christ Jesus. And so, in precept and in practice, the apostles tell us what it means to deny self. Uh, Together with denying self to be a disciple of Christ, also one must take up his cross. Now, what does it mean to take up one's cross? You think about what it meant in the first century. What was the cross known for? What was the cross? It was an instrument of torture. It was an instrument of death. And so to take up one's cross, I, you know, Jesus was not the first man to be crucified. He was not the first man that the Jews had seen paraded through town carrying a cross up to the place called Calvary to be crucified. They knew exactly what he was talking about. The symbol of the cross, the symbol of death and pain. And so what it means to take the cross is to voluntarily and decisively accept the pain, the shame, and the persecution that is going to be one's particular lot because of his loyalty to Christ and his calls. You think about the apostles themselves, of the the twelve apostles that Jesus uh, called, you know, uh, they all died a violent death with the exception of John. And John, he suffered plenty. He may not have been put to death, but he suffered plenty. They suffered. They, they understood. Maybe they didn't understand uh, when Jesus saying this, but they, they came to understand what it means to take up their cross. It means to cheerfully receive and patiently bear every affliction and every evil, however shameful and painful it may be, uh, which is appointed for him. Uh, and he is called unto, which in his, which is his peculiar cross, the one that belongs to him and to him alone. Each one of us must bear our own cross, as every Christian has his own, to which he should quietly submit and carry with an entire resignation to the will of God and imitation of his Lord. Remember Jesus in Luke chapter 22 and verse 42 As he is praying in the garden on the eve of his crucifixion. On the eve where he literally took up his cross. And he literally went to the cross uh, to be crucified. He said, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. You know, the cross is to be born daily. Look in Luke chapter 9 verse 23. And he said to them, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. To be the cross to be born daily, in the case that Jesus is speaking metaphorically, it's something that we daily have to endure, to gladly endure. Whatever hardship one may receive in service of Christ. And so we're to count it all joy, as James says in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And so to take up our cross means that we are going to deny self, we're going to take up our cross, and we're going to follow Christ, However and wherever we must lead, or wherever he must lead us. And so how is this manifested? Uh, In the case of the apostles again, you think about what all they endured. In 1 Corinthians 4, beginning in verse 9, Paul's talking about the apostles in general. He says, For I think that God has set forth us, the apostles last, as it were appointed to death, For we are made a spectacle unto the whole world, and to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake. But ye are wise in Christ, but we are weak. But ye are strong, ye are honorable, but we are despised. Even unto this present hour we both hunger and thirst, and are naked, and are buffeted, and have no certain dwelling place, and labor, working with our own hands. Being reviled, we bless, being persecuted, we suffer it. Being defamed, we entreat. We are made as the filth of the world and as the offscouring of all things unto this day. And so you think about everything that the apostles endured. Again, all of them except for John suffered a violent death. You know, And then Paul talks about what he himself endured in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, Are they ministers of Christ? Beginning in verse 23. I speak as a fool, I am more. And labors more abundant, and stripes above measure, and prison more frequent, and deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep, and journeyings often, in perils of water. And perils of robbers and perils of mine own countrymen and perils by the heathen and perils in the city and perils in the wilderness and perils in the sea and perils among false brethren and weariness and painfulness and watchings often and hunger and thirst and fastings often and cold and nakedness beside those things which are without which cometh upon me daily the care of the churches who is weak and I am not weak who is offended and I burn not. And so we see... uh, Clearly, the taking up of the cross is is the taking up of the burden of Christ. Now, in our case, it may involve things like being ridiculed. 1 Peter 4, 4, wherein they think it's strange that you not run to the same level of excess and so forth. You know, they think we're strange. They say we're peculiar. They say we're weird. And they ridicule. Uh Reviled or even evil spoken about even. Look over in Luke chapter 6 verse 22 and 23. He said, blessed are ye when men shall hate you. And when they shall separate you from their company. And shall reproach you. And cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner. Did their fathers unto the prophets. The world looks at us. And they're going to exclude us from what they want to do perhaps. They're going to ridicule and mock. They're going to reproach. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 14. Peter says if ye be reproached. And in the context is clear you will be reproached. For the name of Christ happy are ye. For the spirit of glory in God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of. But on your part he is glorifying. All the while uh, rejoicing that one is honored to suffer for Christ's sake. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 16 as we go down. He says yet if any man suffer as a Christian. And again I think it's clear from the context. When any man suffers as a Christian. Let him not be ashamed But let him glorify God on this behalf. Now Peter experiences this very thing himself over in Acts chapter 5. Remember Peter and John and the other apostles, they they are beaten. And they're threatened. Don't you go out and preach the name of this man anymore. Verse 40, and to him they agreed. This is Gamaliel saying, leave them alone. If it's of God, there's nothing we can do to stop it. But when they agreed, they called the apostles and beaten them and commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not. To teach and preach Jesus Christ. And so that's what it means to take up our cross. With a willingness to deny self. And to bear one's own cross daily. We also must follow Jesus. Take up your cross and follow me. And what does it mean to follow Jesus? It means to become his disciple. Seeking to become like him. Luke chapter 6 verse 40. He says the disciple is not above his master. But everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. And so we are to grow into the likeness of Christ. We are to be like Christ. We are not above him. Uh, What he suffers we are going to suffer to some degree. But those that are perfect, those that are mature are like their master. Or like Jesus. Romans chapter 8 verse 29. Says for whom he did foreknow. He did also predestinate. To be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. You know are to be conformed into the image of Christ. That's what it means to follow Jesus. And then Romans 13 and verse 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And so we're to put off all of these things when we deny ourselves. We deny those worldly lusts, those ungodly things. Even our own self-righteousness. We deny all of that. And we put on Christ. And we make no provision for the flesh. We don't give an inch into sin. To accept Him as Lord means doing what He says. Luke 6, verse 46. He says, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Does it make sense to call yourself a disciple of Jesus and not to follow His commandments? To follow Jesus means we walk in His footsteps, even at great cost to ourselves. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 it says for even here unto were ye called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. When he was reviled, reviled not again, when he suffered he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, and by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your souls. To become a Christian, to become a disciple of Jesus, means to let Jesus be your Lord and your mentor. Let him be your example. Walk in his footsteps, do as he did. And so how is this manifested, the following of Jesus? Well, it begins by obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, verse 19, Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, But go ye in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter said uh, unto them, he said, uh, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then in Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, uh, Paul relates that uh, he was told by Ananias, why tarriest thou? Rise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. That's where our following of Jesus begins. When we become his brother, when we become a child of God, obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ. Observing all and uh, that he and his apostles commanded in Matthew 28 verse 20 teaching them to, to observe all things whatsoever I've taught you. And so uh, we continue to grow. You know, Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. You know, those, uh, verse 41, about 3,000 were added into the church that were baptized. And they continued steadfastly, in verse 42, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking bread and in prayers. And so it means obeying the gospel. It means observing all that he has commanded. It means ever growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. Putting on Jesus in baptism. Galatians 3 verse 27. For as many of you as have been baptized uh, into Christ have put on Christ. And then Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 uh, tells us I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. To follow Jesus means we obey him, we observe his commandments, we continue to grow and we put him on in baptism and we live in him. And so the cost of discipleship may seem high. You know, it seemed high to that rich young ruler, remember? He was told to, to give away everything he had to the poor and take up and follow Jesus. And he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. It may seem high to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, and to follow Jesus. But as Jesus explains, there are only two choices. Again, Acts chapter 8, verse 35 For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's, the same shall save it. You know, one can try to save his life himself, but he will end up losing it. One can lose, though, his life for Jesus' sake and for the sake of the gospel and wind up saving it. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. uh, It says there... Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He says, Be thou faithful, even if you must be put to death for your faith, and I will give you a crown of life. If we will deny ourselves, if we will take up our cross, and if we will follow Jesus... And if we will do so, even at the cost of our own life, eternal life with Him in heaven awaits. So in view of eternity, there is only one real choice. Endure the high cost of discipleship and receive the blessings of eternal life. So tonight, if you are here and you have not put on Christ in baptism, you have the opportunity to do so right now. If you are here as one who has not been faithful you have the opportunity to make it right and to receive the prayers of the church on your behalf. Tonight, if we can help you to respond to the Lord's invitation, let us know as we stand and as we sing the psalm of encouragement.